Hello and welcome to the Wingnet Travel Podcast with me, James Hammond. Personally, I have been to 50 countries. I've met so many people in my travels that I want to bring them on this podcast and get their story on record. I have plenty of tips and stories to share with you as well. Are you a backpacker or a traveller or gap year student or simply someone who loves to travel? Then this is the podcast for you. Throughout the weeks and months, you'll get many guests and solo episodes where I try to cover all range of subjects within travel. This is a casual and informative travel podcast to inspire you to travel in the future. Do you fancy some bonus content with this episode? Then fear not. If you start to my Patreon today, by going on to www.patreon.com forward slash travel podcast, then you'll find these extra features every week for Monday and Friday's episode. One bonus episode every month, some ad-free content, some early access to episodes, the exclusive added travel must-have feature on every episode, patron shout-out, some ad hoc bonus episodes, you'll get a copy of my digital travel planner which is available on Etsy and you'll get my monthly Winging It Travel podcast magazine. If this takes your fancy, you can sign up for £4, $7.50 Canadian, $6 US a month and I really thank you for supporting the podcast. Hope you enjoy the podcast, thanks for listening and supporting this and I'll see you soon. Cheers James. Let's get into the episode. Hello and welcome to this week's episode where I'm joined by the co-founder and CEO of Safety Wing and also the host of the podcast, Building Remotely, Sondre Rash. We are going to discuss Sondre's podcast, his company Safety Wing, some personal travel, and of course, where he is now in the world. So Sondre, welcome to the show. How are you doing? Great to be here. I'm doing very well. Awesome. Please tell listeners where you're based currently, physically. Currently, I'm physically in San Francisco, looking out over the San Francisco Bay. Bay Area? Nice. Nice, nice. And where are you from originally? Originally from Norway. And what has made you jump across the pond to West America? So I, when I was young, very young, 14, 15, 16, I was interested in the internet. And for some reason, I picked up this idea that something was happening in the Bay Area, Silicon Valley. So uh, I, I got that dream early on that, uh, you know, wanted to, to go here. And then a few years back, with previous company, Superside applied to this program where Combinator, um, and we got in, and and that's you know since then I've been here quite a bit. But of course, working remotely, uh, do spend quite a bit of time different parts of the of the world. Yeah, I think that's a dream, right? Surely, that is the dream. <laughs> I think a lot of people listening are either thinking it's either a reality for me or it's an absolute dream. So I'll be keen to get some of your thoughts on that a bit later on in the podcast. But what was your life, early life like back in Norway? My early life was, well, really early, you know, as mentioned, was spent a lot on the internet. Uh, it's funny because that early days, you know, the, the early internet days, this is like end of the 90s, early 2000s. Early 2000s, yeah. Um, you know, we were playing, you know, games, but we had these alliances in these games. And the organization of those alliances looks very much like today's remote companies, uh, which is just a fascinating kind of... <laughs> flashback uh that that's kind of that world is more relevant to my like work life than the time i spent in a company to some degree you know there's a draft in a way spent a year in the military because i had to and studied economics there and then i got interested in policy and i worked in a for policy for the norwegian government uh, on the social safety net and other things and it was after that that i just became a bit frustrated with the pace of change because i sort of saw the word world changing because of the internet and that the, the countries couldn't respond so decided startups was the way 
So yeah. founded this company, Superside, freelancer platform. And a little bit into that, you know, we, we, we had this problem there. We wanted to provide benefits for the freelancers on the platform and uh, nobody offered it. So decided we had to build it ourselves. Safe doing, you know, was founded with this idea to build a global social safety net as a membership and uh, the first country on the internet. Um, but my first motivation to leave that job was actually to become a digital nomad. And, oh, yeah. uh, and uh, you know, so I left a job at Norwegian Parliament and I spent about six months preparing that, right, where I, I discovered this idea of digital nomadism. Like, oh, uh, if I get income online, I can live anywhere. That's like, that seems amazing. And then I can also spend, if I just like work a little bit freelance, I can spend a lot of my time on my startup. So it's like, that seems like the ultimate um, escape hatch. So, uh, so that's, that was really, really it. And I built up, I got some freelance income, saved up some money and then, and, and, and I quit my job and a very exciting time in my life. Yeah. What year is that roughly where you started to maybe think remote working is or digital nomad is the way to go? Uh, 2014. 2014. Yeah. I think we're, we're roughly around the same age, right? I'd imagine. And do you, it's quite interesting to speak to someone who you must remember back late nineties to mid two thousands, right? That that's a huge change in internet, yeah. in, in phones, in, you know, smartphones come in just about at the end of that decade. Like, I don't know, it's just a huge change. And some, I think some people yeah. are here thinking, damn, I wish I had that vision back in those days. Yeah, no, I mean, the, the change is, is, is dramatic. I mean, the digital nomad thing became possible then. But of course, you didn't have uh, video. Yes, you didn't have even. You didn't really have even audio well developed mm. uh, back then. Uh, I mean, online. Um, you of course had phone. Uh, so and and of course, yeah, you didn't have the phone, uh, and internet was more of an issue, right? So it's like back then, people would spend a lot of time in internet cafes. Yeah, for example, right and. Why? Well, it's because the internet, like broadband, isn't built out yet. Um, but now it's a different world. Now, you know, of course, 3G, 4G internet available anywhere, you know, in jungle, in uh, West, <laughs> West Africa, you know, got <laughs> really good speeds. Um, and, uh, and of course, with all these new tools built online for online collaboration, um, you can work from anywhere. It's great. Yeah, it's awesome. And it's kind of like when I think back to that early days, it's like the dial up in your parents' room where the internet takes like five minutes to get going. Yeah. <laughs> like some people listening right now who are like maybe Gen Z, like mm -hmm. what, what is this world? But it was it was a real thing back then. Like, you know, you used to record music on tapes like yeah, in the 90s. Yeah. That, that was the times. Yeah, it was a big deal when we got two phone lines because then we didn't have to, we could still call while being on the internet. Yeah, yeah that's right. <laughs> That's awesome. And did you have like an innate feeling to travel? Like, was there part of you yeah. that not only you want to work abroad, but maybe just go and see some of the world? Uh, no, absolutely. I, I, I love traveling. I, you know, I love spontaneous traveling in particular, like uh, many times before digital nomad thing, I, I, I went on this thing in trail. I love that way to travel. Uh, it's like this thing where you buy a ticket for train in all of Europe. The, the, the thing I like so most about it, I just love that idea of like going to the train station and then it's like, hmm, where shall I go next? Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> yeah. So, uh, so that's, uh, that was something I did three summers. Yeah, no, so, so I definitely love to see the world, love to travel. You know, it's, it's a great 
way to wake up a bit you know i i, I like to be alive <laughs> i yeah. i don't like like when you do the same thing too many days in a row you know it's like it becomes a, a lot you know automatic um Routine. behavior <laughs> and then you attention get a bit dimmed and then it's like whoa suddenly a year go by um but when i travel then you you uh, you wake up a bit and uh, so i love that cool so interrating i've I've actually got a ticket for next year, so I'm going to be doing oh, wow. that yeah, next year. Um, exciting times. I've, ne I've never done it, believe it or not. So, You know what? Someone should make an intro-L ticket for, for airplanes. I just thought about that yesterday. I wonder if, how the economics would work, but um, but I, it certainly would be possible. Like a, like a round-the-world ticket type thing? <laughs> like a round-the-world ticket, but you can go on anywhere, right? So... I mean, the thing is with Intrail is it, it doesn't include the most expensive, like in the base ticket. It doesn't include the most expensive trains or, or, or like first class things. You could do the same on the, on the airplane, right? So it's like, oh, I have this inter-air ticket and I can just go uh, anywhere to fill up like, you know, for, for planes that have a lot of free seats. Uh, I would love that. Product. Mm. It's an interesting idea, especially if somewhere like US where mm -hmm. I think flying in internally is quite popular right because it's such a big country that would be a pretty decent idea probably. yeah totally southwest if you're listening <laughs> <laughs> awesome okay and then obviously you had this dream remote working digital nomading yeah. mm -hmm. and 2014 so you come to the us to the west coast i guess that is the area for tech bay area yeah. we all know that is that just because you need to get some interest funding and baby, it's basically people speaking your language. Yes, exactly. It's, uh, you know, I, I arrive here and, and that is truly the magic years, you know, it kind of at the end of it at 2016, but 2015 is still here. It's like Silicon Valley golden years. Okay. Where it's like, there are so many different types of optimis optimism when I first arrived here. Um, it's, it's like a whole flora <laughs> uh, of, uh, of like the naive optimists at or at Singularity University, the sort of very practical ones, or at Y Combinator, and uh, and and a lot of these like let's say memes or like ways of thinking that since have taken the world, you know, taken the world with storm are also present here. So it's this like it's it's the frontier, and mm -hmm. uh, it's it's uh, it's uh, it's amazing to to arrive here. I live like in the forest in this co living house with thirteen other founders which was also like a oh, very interesting wow. place to be. Yes. And yeah. And of course, you know, living through the years of crypto and, uh, <laughs> and uh, all the other things that, you know, has come out of Silicon Valley. Yeah. My friend funded a two year trip on crypto. Yeah. <laughs> he got, he got in really early and it obviously went up, crashed later, but went up, he cashed out and went traveling for yeah. two years. I think what's interesting for people is these people who see this stuff like really early on. Yeah. Like, you, like you, like in 2013, 14, yeah. I think you've got some, I don't, know, I don't know what it is. I don't know how you describe knowing or having that insight to maybe think, oh, that's going to be big. Like your idea there about the interim for the airplanes, right? Mm -hmm. like, yeah. Like I can't describe what it is. Some, some people got that certain thing in them where they're like, oh, that could be big or that could be a good idea. Yeah. 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 Yes. No, it, it is. Yeah. It's definitely something. I think it's just, uh, like being sensitive, like it, it, it the, it's the same. Uh, I think it has to do, it's, it's just like, have you seen that like early adopter uh, product adoption life cycle? Mm -hmm. 
I think it's like if you go early enough out there, then you you know you notice things uh, at at the earliest time. I think it's just uh, you know some people are just uh, very specialized in noticing those things when they're very small, like mm. the tiny tiny vibrations about something that uh, uh, you know very often inevitably becomes huge later. But yeah. of course, it requires some judgment to separate fad from trend. Yes, absolutely. I think it's like entrepreneurial thinking, right? Yeah, it's entrepreneurial thinking. Yeah, and risk-taking maybe as well, uh, alongside the idea. Because some people yeah. might have great ideas, but don't think about it, right? There's a difference. Yeah, it is. Yeah, I agree. It is risk-taking as well, because whatever is first, you're the only one, right? Or you're the few. Yeah. So, uh, so you kind of have to be willing to be to 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 go at it alone for a while mm. be, be weird um <laughs> if you want like confidence like every choice i do is like it's the same as all my friends then entrepreneurship is not going to work because you're going to be a late adopter <laughs> yeah that's very true i think it's worth taking the risk it? especially if you're young uh, in your 20s and 30s what have you got to lose what have you got to lose I have which, no idea. Yeah, yeah, which we'll bring to Safety Wing in a minute. But very quickly, for the USA, I know you want to go to the Bay Area. Have you been to USA before? Uh, yeah, uh, yes. I had been uh, twice. One was the summer school in Philadelphia, and the other was this other summer program where you uh, intern at a startup in the Bay Area, and then you mm -hmm. studied entrepreneurship at Berkeley. Great program. It's called, it's this arranged by the University of Oslo. Uh, such a nice thing. So um, I had my little little taste of the US uh, previous. Um, I haven't been around. I still haven't actually. So I mean, of course, people's associations with the US is not San Francisco. It's Texas. Right? So it's uh, <laughs> whenever I come back and I tell what it's like in the US, friends and family are like, "That's not what I've heard at all." <laughs> well, it's because San Francisco is a very different place than yeah, than, very different. But their own cultures, right? in the same yeah. country it's quite interesting yeah yeah i think if if you get a chance to maybe go around i think it'd be quite interesting to see how different states do different things right yeah um, and Gosh, the ways of thinking like a van trip mm. next summer wow. yeah uh, we have similar travel preferences it sounds like <laughs> yeah because <laughs> the van the van trip right you know you see the classic picture of uh, utah when it's like going through those huge rocks or mm. hawaii when you've got the hills and the the palm trees like why wouldn't you want to get a van and just go and like explore these areas and not be too much in the cities as much more into nature mm, yeah no why wouldn't you i mean you can it's like intrail but even more yeah <laughs> yeah i guess I, I don't know why can trains do that in the usa like an intrail type or do they i'm not sure it's just the trains kind of suck yeah they're pretty bad aren't they yeah very bad mm. Yeah, That's maybe if they had trains like Japan, where it's like bullet trains, that could be quite an awesome trip. No time waste. There is one coming. They're building one. They've been building one, I think, for decades between LA and San Francisco. And uh, it's going to come, apparently, in 20 years or something. So that's mm. going to be exciting. And we'll have a good line. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. But van life in US, checking out the areas, that's a dream. Bit of a yeah. dream. Okay, let's go to Safety Wing. So I'm an ambassador because <laughs> I've read about your product, love what you do. Um, can you tell listeners what is Safety Wing and what you provide? So what is Safety Wing? Well, what Safety Wing is, is what we're becoming. So let me start there yeah. because there is a bit of a gap. So 
what we're building is a global social safety net and the first country on the internet. So that's what we're building. Mm. And, um, and what do we mean by both? Well, global social safety net. So imagine the social safety net you have in the country, specifically us in Norway, available globally, meaning it works anywhere in the world and digitally, of course, as a membership where you have like health, retirement, income protection, all of that thing. Okay. And then two, country on the internet. Yeah. So like we have this project Plumia and we literally want to make like then a, a, a passport so that you will have in addition to your regular passport that you can use to pass passports. And, um, and then we'll bundle those two things. And it, you know, we, uh, we, we, we believe this will be the first country on the internet. I should say we are, I say the first because I'm, I think it's inevitable that there will be countries on the internet okay. uh, because it's technologically necessary, uh, possible, and therefore also necessary. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so that's what we're building. Two, what do we have right now? So we have two products, uh, Nomad Insurance. So if you're a digital nomad, uh, you're, you're moving out. The product to get is Nomad Insurance. It's uh, $42 a month. It's um, extra if you're in the US, if you're in 30, it's sorry, the 18 to 39 bracket, and then it goes a bit up at the... The other ones but um, that's what it is it covers it's like travel medical but it covers a bit more than so it, a lot of people basically use that you know even for years as their like basic uh, like insurance and health thing mm-hmm. yeah so that's a no-brainer you have it as a subscription you can pause it whenever and you can have it for years depending on how long you stay and then the other thing we have is health insurance for remote teams so that's a uh, that's a more kind of Typical health insurance, but it works in every country, including your home country. So if you're from UK or Norway, it also you can also have like have it just living there. Yeah. So the problem there is like your remote team, you have contractors and employees all around like safe doing, you know, we're in 70 different countries. So we can then offer, you know, those same good benefits and have like add-ons like dental and maternity for everyone. So that's the two products we have. So far. Got it. okay. I've got one extra question about the insurance portion. I don't know if you know the answer to this as well. You know that all the, you see these days, the full-time van lifers, right? People who mm-hmm. don't have a, a fixed abode. Yeah. Their fixed, their fixed abode is their van. They live in the van. I've yes. always wondered, how do they get themselves covered, not only with health insurance, let's go USA, for example, because they go state to state, right? They might move state in different states. But like car yeah. insurance, like how do they get covered with car insurance too? Like, is that something that's on your radar? Like, because imagine yeah. you're in a van and you don't have a fixed address, you can't get car insurance. Like, how would they... Yeah. So, that. so the lack of fixed address is very common among our customers. Um, yeah. But the definition we have for your home address is fully commensurate with the digital nomad, the van life situation, because the, the definition, if you hover over the question mark, is uh, a place you regularly receive mail. <laughs> yeah. uh, okay. So uh, that's not no problem. Mm. So yeah. So we, we thought like if we go off, we just get a PO box somewhere mm. in in Canada, right? Okay, that's interesting. And another question. Okay, cool, cool. Another question for you. I don't know if you have a thought on this. The rise of your digital nomadism in terms of the passport online, this community. Mm-hmm. Yes. Will that eradicate visas, work visas? Because here's another mm-hmm. question I have. If you wanted to, if you're from Norway. Yes. And you want to work in USA, you might go and get a visa traditionally just to get a work visa to work there. Yeah, but then if you're doing your work on laptop, and you don't need to yes. be there on a work visa. Can't you just go on a tourist visa? Absolutely, uh, mm. because you're not actually working there. Yeah, you're staying there. Um, so uh, 
No, uh, that's the model. And, and, uh, and by the way, this is our intention, you know, so I don't know if you've heard about the nomad visas or has looked at them, any of them, but we've been, I would say, quite instrumental in this development. So uh, for those who don't know, in 2020, the first nomad visa was made by Barbados. Yes, I saw that one. Yeah. And I had them on our podcast and, you know, they were quite inspired by us when they set that up, the, the, the guy who proposed it there. And since then, 50 countries have copied this. Mm-hmm. And we, uh, someone from our project Plumia, actually spoke to the, to the UN, floor of the UN, about this nomad visa. Oh, wow. So um, this has so much traction, it's unbelievable. So our, our hope is that we will uh, use this uh, nomad visa thing as a way to create a kind of a passport in the future that is both a passport and a visa. So we hope to create like, because all these nomad uh, visas have the same terms because they cover each other. So we can make a visa block, a nomad border pass, uh, so that you apply for one and then you get all of them. And if already have 50 countries, so why not, why not uh, 150, you know, over over, uh, the coming years. And then, so you can get a passport in an internet country. That's also a visa for anywhere to work anywhere. Uh, Even better. Uh, So Fingers crossed. That's current plan A. Oh, wow. Yes. I, I didn't realize you had that instrumental in introducing that because when Barbados brought that out, uh, here we're having slight visa problems. It wasn't that much of a problem, but there was a period of time where a plan B was needed. And we're like, oh, Barbados have got a remote visa. We could just technically go there. Same sort of time zone. Mm-hmm. And we earn enough and we meet all the criteria. Um, the only question would have been insurance with my company here in, in, in Vancouver. But yeah, I saw it and I couldn't believe it. I was like, oh, wow, they've, they've branched out. So, mm-hmm. yeah, kudos to you for getting that going. Yeah. I mean, I've been amazed how much of a hit, like, you know, that was one of our far out ideas. Right? So, <laughs> I, I, you know, the, but when the time is right. Yeah. Last very quick about COVID. How did that affect mm. your company? Um, was, there, was there an increase in membership or, or customers or was there some tough times? Yeah, no, it was uh, it, w- it was tough times, um, but it was a bit of a mixed bag. Uh, so the tough times part was I, I, I remember we had this uh, on a town hall before COVID. Someone had asked like, "What's the worst thing that can happen?" And I remember one of the co-founder Hans was like, "A global pandemic." <laughs> that was funny because obviously digital nomadism requires travel. Yeah, and when travel is illegal (laughs) yeah Yeah. prospects so um and on top of that we also covered uh, evacuation uh, like it triggered like we had this both various evacuation coverages Mm -hmm. that so we basically covered people's uh so we evacuated over a third of our customers back to their home country to not being customers anymore yeah so uh i remember being like on customer service overnight um it was intense days and trying to help everyone who was panicking and figuring out what to do. And so, so that was the first thing that happened. And then, yeah, we lost a third of our customers. Uh, so why didn't we lose all? Well, digital nomads are not tourists, most of them, right? So they, most of them basically just stayed put yeah. in wherever they were, Bali, most common place. So, uh, so that was the, that was the, that's the first thing that happened. And then it's like flat for a few months. And during this time, we, we work very intensely to, to improve our product, to cover COVID, uh, like the mm-hmm. treatment of COVID. And, uh, and we had to persuade you know, our insurance partners and reinsurers and other things that this was safe. And it's hard to convey how hard this was at the time because, of course, of the uncertainty of what, co- what would happen with COVID. Yeah. 
Um, but we were able to, and as of August 1, 2020, we introduced COVID coverage. And at the time, we were like the only insurance in the world who did that. And then we had a great growth journey <laughs> after that. <laughs> so we grew like 3x that autumn. And then we've kind of been on a regular growth trajectory since then. So, um, so that was what happened with Norman Insurance. The other thing that happened in parallel here is that one week before the first lockdowns, March 3rd, 2020, we launched a product that we expected just be in a beta for a while and we'd have like a sleepy start called Remote Health, the world's first health insurance for remote teams we'd been working on for two years. Mm-hmm. And uh, we had a launch event here in San Francisco. And I remember we had a slide uh, or this person, Andreas Klinger, said from stage, uh, you know, in 10 years, most companies would be remote. And then literally next weekend, all companies were remote. <laughs> it was so short. Like we, we had trouble traveling out um, because, of course, the other thing that happened, travel was illegal and remote work was enforced, right? Yes. So, so uh, that, those two arrows pointed in opposite directions. So this wasn't a terrible time for us because that product, grew explosively out of the gate and remote work, which is of course upstream from digital nomadism, Mm -hmm. working on the internet is necessary to become a digital nomad. Yeah. So the adoption of remote work probably, I would say jumped five years ahead or something like that. Oh, wow. Mm. Yeah. I was thinking it might've exploded because especially somewhere like US when healthcare is a huge political issue, let's not go into it, but I'd imagine a lot of people might just think, well, why not? Why not just get that? Because they might not be covered federally anyway, or by state. Yeah, no, uh, absolutely. Um, even with Nomad Insurance, I remember what a campaign we made but never launched right after we started Nomad Insurance was this T-shirt that just said, why don't you just leave? <laughs> <Because> <laughs> this idea for Americans to like just become nomads so they can get health insurance. <laughs> yeah, that's interesting. And right now, uh, I guess you guys are going strength to strength after, would you say it's post-COVID or still yeah. in the remnants of it uh yeah it's like a very gradual post-covid um yeah, yeah. um uh, it's uh, it's good you know definitely travel is returning right so it's good times yeah. for normal trends remote health you know that's continuing to to grow and scale up and uh, you know settling in so uh yeah bright days ahead for us yeah i think so absolutely and you have a global workforce i assume because obviously you're a mate Absolutely. We have many digital nomads. We have someone working from a sailboat. We have uh, people in 70 different countries. Uh, so, uh, no, it's, uh, it's the whole world is coming together for this project, which is suitable for our mission. Yeah, that's fantastic. And for you personally, are you going to stay in the Bay Area or what are you thinking like um, as mm. a part of this company? Are you looking to be based somewhere else for a period of time or? Well, I mean, I am based different places uh, regularly um, and quite a bit of time in Tulum or Playa del Carmen down there. Um, but of yeah. course, also go back to Norway where my, my wife's from Poland. Mm-hmm. Uh, but um, I do want to have a foot here in the Bay Area. I, I It's just nowhere else where kind of startups and technology is the thing. Yeah. The, the, everywhere else, it's like, it's a thing and you can go somewhere some co-working mm-hmm. place to kind of have those conversations, but here it's uh, the thing. So that 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 density, and and then of course the culture that has come with that, which is like all this optimism and boldness. You know, it's like when I arrive, uh, you you get this jolt of energy, and um, and you get inspired. I like it. 
I, I still believe in the Bay, in the Bay Area. Okay. And also for Safety Wing, if people are interested in maybe the product or even working for you, where mm-hmm. can people find you? We are absolutely hiring. So you can go to safetywing.com, scroll down to careers. Yeah. And there you can also click through. You can find our uh, podcast, which is Building Remotely. If you're uh, interested in building remotely or you're building a remote startup, uh, that uh, might find some useful conversations there. And then um, we also have Borderless. Uh, that's like we, uh, we, we look into travel restrictions and rules for everyone in the world mm-hmm. and we update them a few times a week. So you can kind of get a pretty good summary of uh, any country you're going to, what the rules are and how to do it. Is that for specifically work or just for visiting? Yeah, that, that's not that's for either. Yeah, for either. Oh, wow. That's a, that's a good thing to have because it's so confusing these days sometimes, isn't it? Even now, if you mentioned one country, I don't know, you want to go to, I don't know, Ecuador. Well, you might think, oh, I don't even know what the rules are there. Do I need, do I need to like, show vaccination? Do I need to have mask all the time? Like, it's good to kind of get somewhere where you can go one stop shop and then it's like, right, these are the countries that have got updates. Exactly. Especially since it gets, still gets updated quite frequently these days. Mm. So if you go find something on some website, you can't know if it's updated. So that's why we thought it was necessary to make that project was to uh, to have like a little army of researchers just to check all the kind of local language government websites right, yeah. to get all the updates. Awesome. Okay. Social media, I guess you're about on, yeah, you're definitely on Instagram because that's obviously where I connected with you guys. Is there anything yeah. else that you're on? Well, we are on Twitter and LinkedIn and Instagram. Uh, those are two places. LinkedIn is more, I think, the remote startup vibe. Well, Instagram is the the, the nomad vibe. So, yeah, uh, yeah. Good combo there. <laughs> depending on which one that most captures your attention. Um, yeah, the, the check out both of those definitely. Cool. I'll whack in the links to the show notes so people can access those guys. As you mentioned, your podcast, Building Remotely Podcast. So that's part of the idea of what you're doing. How long has that been going for? Uh, the Building Remotely Podcast uh, has been going for it, two seasons. It's like a year and a half. Okay. So uh, the project started as this idea. It was a pre-COVID, but it was like, so you know, we're building a remote startup. What, like, where do we find the knowledge about how to do it? Mm-hmm. The answer was like, it's like one and a half bad books written about it. Back then. <laughs> yeah. And that was it. So like the rest was like trial and error. So we just thought, okay, somebody's got to do this. So might as well be us. So let's, um, let's make a textbook. <laughs> that <was> the idea. <laughs> let's make a textbook about building a remote startup. And, you know, so that's like what the project started as. We're not yet done with that book. And then the podcast was just the associated book to have conversations with, people who work remotely, remote leaders, founders, other things about, you know, just topics surrounding it, but uh, hiring, culture, sales, marketing, just every, every part about building a remote startup. Okay. I think the, maybe the choice of medium these days is increasing with audio, right? So I think people might not want to read a textbook. Me, for example, would rather listen to your podcast than read about it. So Mm -hmm. I wonder with podcasts, international podcast day today, by the way, if you knew that, um, but I wonder if people are starting to increase their listenership to podcasts and maybe that is the way forward for a lot of companies, not just like remote working, but like I have this idea, this is an idea for you as you're on mm-hmm. I'm like, well, all these tour companies that go to do tours in Europe, in trail, yeah. for example, do they have a, po- do they have a podcast apartment? Do they have someone speaking about 
oh, we've got this new route coming or we've got some ideas about how to increase customer. I don't know, just a podcast element to their company because it's a great idea. Like that, it could be like 40 minutes a week, one one episode, but like this, this could extend to not only like travel tour companies, but any business, like just have an an audio element to the business just to kind of appeal to that demographic. Hey, I love that idea. And uh, if every episode, they should just take that exact idea you said there about like, because you can take like pairs, like, oh, today we're talking about Brazil to Lyon. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> you could talk about Brussels, you could talk about Lyon, you could talk about the trip. Uh, and if I'm going on that trip, I would totally check that out. That's really well, relevant. Yeah. That's the kind of idea. Like imagine the tour company, you could probably start with CEO, but why he set it up and then... You can get someone to talk about the tour that a specific tour that they introduced and what was actually on that tour and then they get some customers come on to the podcast like, i think the, the options are endless yeah no i i think that's 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 a wonderful idea i uh yeah no i absolutely agree textbook i don't think anyone would read i mean even people who go to school i'm not i didn't read any of my textbooks um <laughs> but it's it's a way to frame a project even though the yes. way people consume it is the uh, audio or like cool graphics on Instagram, you know, because we are making a lot of cool graphics. Mm. Uh, so in practice, like the way people actually get these ideas is probably <laughs> via those mediums. But just you know, get it, getting it, giving it the framework of a textbook, like why not? Plus, nothing has been written yet. So we were just thinking, oh, mm. maybe we should send some to the universities so they teach the you know the the workplace of the present, I guess you would say now, instead of the past. Yeah, absolutely. Who's your intended audience, do you think, for your podcast? Is it just startup people or is it travelers or is it people just interested in business people? Like, what do you think? So, uh, I mean, remote founders is a big part, about a third. and But there are also just uh, people who work in remote companies or work remotely. It's also Mm -hmm. a big part of the listenership. So, um, yeah, that's uh, it's both of those. Because of course, especially particular episodes, you know, might be relevant for 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 you and uh, and there are like almost every topic you look at. I mean, I'm noticing that the podcast has a twist, like it's like X remotely. You know, there's often like yeah, there's a lot of the stuff is true, and then there's these things that are different. Um, yeah. So it is, it is worth to uh, to get the the remote angle, and you know, fortunate to talk to some really great people there as well. So gather some great insights. Yeah, that's my next question. You do have guest speakers come on to the podcast, right? Yeah, so it's an uh, interview every time. So, and that's one of my favorite things about podcasts is just uh, I love just having good conversations and learning things. Why not do it? Why not record it? <laughs> <laughs> exactly. Yeah, that's why I think people should have an audio department. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, I don't know. Imagine they have some ideas brainstorming for an hour, and they put it out on the podcast and get some feedback. Like, oh yeah, that's a great idea. Well, I don't know. Yeah. It just be an extra validation, maybe of some ideas or some thinkings that you might have for the company. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Oh, so many things I've learned about on the podcast. And then I've turned around the same day and like, guys, we got to implement this. Let's, let's <laughs> do it. Because how didn't we know about this before? <laughs> yeah. It's, uh, and, and that's, uh, you know, that's how I, I run the episode. I just ask about what I'm curious about. So um, it, it definitely is, uh, could be subtitled one man trying to figure out how to Big- build their remote. <laughs> yeah. yeah absolutely why not and how often do you release an episode uh, it's about every other week mm. every other week okay 
and the reaction. I guess you've had good reaction to your podcast. Yeah, uh, no, absolutely. We uh, we have uh, you know a few thousand listeners now, and uh, yeah, it's uh, it's often mentioned when people apply actually to the company. It's had a good had a good effect, uh, and it's growing more and more. And um, I'm very glad I started. It's uh, it's its own trajectory, but I would absolutely recommend it. Yeah. Also, a lot of work sometimes. Um, I put that on record. Uh, yeah, I mean, it, how involved it, you are. Started, yeah, just figuring out how to do it took me so long. Just uh, like the way to do, like the whole thing. So it's like this whole thing about the guests and the bookings, right? That's its own little universe. Yeah, and then there is, uh, you know, the recording and you know. <laughs> The, the, whatever it is make sound isolating i don't have these things on um just on normal here today but i have this setup around me and then there is uh editing and that's that's when like you might get totally stuck because it takes so long that's long <laughs> that's long yeah so uh but uh of course one of the benefits with uh, having a company is that we have people who are good at that. Yeah, so. exactly. Yeah. My, I was going to say, if I could afford to, I would have someone edit my podcast because that is the one area that takes up so much time. Yeah. <laughs> but it's fun, but it's just time consuming. Yeah. Yeah. I'm guessing you get into it though. Like how, how much efficiency is it? They, they say one hour edited podcast is about two and a half to three hours of time. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. That's roughly what they say. Um, Depends how, it also depends how finicky you are, right? You can use the script as a, as a program to take out all the ums, ahs, and so's, and ands. That could mm-hmm. save a bit of time. But yep. um, I'm just on my own, so I just do it obviously on my own. But I think a lot of people would probably have people that in your company are good at that and can probably do a bit faster. But that's what they say, roughly. Mm-hmm. Depends how long form your podcast is as well, right? Mine's quite long form, traditionally. So yeah, um, it can take a bit of time. Yeah, yeah. Wow. Okay. Yeah, I mean, I, I only tried for the first few episodes. I used much longer than than that, of course. But I, you know, figuring it out for the first time is uh, is a lot more. Yeah, it is. It's tough work. Also depends how much you care about what goes in and out, right? <laughs> um, yeah. You can go real deep dive. You can spend a whole day on it if you really want to, right? But it depends how much time and motivation you have to do that. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And for the podcast, what is coming up for the podcast in the next couple of weeks or months or rest of the year? <laughs> Right. Ooh, I gotta keep my line straight because I'm thinking about my recordings, but of course, several of my recordings aren't published yet. I'm worried about saying the wrong thing, but uh, l- let me just uh, make uh, a bit of an informed guess here. <laughs> okay. Well, okay. I, I think that an episode that recently came out was with Peter Levels, uh, who has you know been back on the podcast. That was a great conversation as always, talking about his most recent project mm-hmm. projects, including. Um, Inflation, which we talked about then, uh, you know, he made a website to, to track that and, uh, yeah. you know, his predictions for the future, you know, speaking of that thing we talked about earlier, like entrepreneurial mind, you know, he has, he definitely has it uh, yeah. of like noticing the things that will be big later. Mm-hmm. Uh, so uh, right now he was very into these places, hotels being kind of rebuilt to be this like remote work living places. So um, oh, interesting. Someone, someone else messaged me about that before, actually. No, mm. cu- couple of other podcasters who work in uh, on the west coast actually same same area as you they've inquired me about the ideas about that yeah okay yeah and then we also have uh this uh you know quite interesting revolutionary person santini who is he was the one who started this like political party in portugal where you kind of like 
that is like open democracy, uh, liquid democracy, where you kind of like the members can like vote on what the party was doing. So they were like trying to kind of like get this decentralized thing into regular party politics. Yeah. But he's also done many other things later and have this like basic income project now and, and, uh, and, and some other cool stuff on via a project called Open Democracy. So he's like on that uh, front, but, you know, a uh, very interesting episode to see what's coming in the future on the governance side. Very interesting. Okay. And I guess you're available on Spotify, Apple Podcasts and all the podcast platforms. That's right. Are you video or just audio? So just audio, but we have begun to record the video to open up the possibility to, uh, to go video in the future. Yeah, that was someone gave me that advice quite early on. It's been on YouTube or something. But there's, here's my thinking. I don't know if you think the same. Yeah. My podcast is built for audio. We're talking today. I haven't got a great setting here for video and it's remote mm-hmm. because I, I was in not in the same place. I think yeah. if you were built in a studio, podcast studio mm-hmm. and proper cameras, yeah, great. It's great for video. Mm-hmm. That's what it's built for. Mm-hmm. So I've kind of been figuring out like, what is the plan with that? Because if I put out video, it's not set up a video, so it might, might not be the best it could be. Yeah. No, I mean... I agree, and our, our podcast is also built for audio. Of course, the, the lure of YouTube is the discovery algorithm. Yes, huge. Um, which is massive. I mean, it's there is no other one that has that, really, in mm. the podcast world. So, uh, yeah, like uh, people I know who are building, like in the beginning, they just like post repostings there. And then what suddenly happens is that one of their hundreds of episodes or hundreds of clips suddenly gets caught up in some search <laughs> thing yeah. and gets thousands, tens of thousands, hundreds of thousands. And then that becomes the, the main source of new, new listenership. So, you know, that's the carrot, I guess, that's motivating us to do it. Yeah, the thing is, I know that because I watch podcasts on YouTube. I don't really <laughs> listen to them. <laughs> so I'm kind of contradicting my own self here. <laughs> but I yeah. personally, if, if you if you used to do a podcast like your own one, I'd watch it rather than listen to it just on a, with headphones, right? Yeah, it is, a, it is a different style. And then, of course, there's a possibility of the editing the clips, right? Have you done that yet? Yeah. yeah. So I do edit clips for social media, a video. That's the only thing I do. Okay. Um, YouTube so shorts are huge at the minute. Yeah. No, I, I've noticed. It's, uh, I mean, I got so many creators. So, I mean, everyone is trying to make shorts, but I think YouTube is, YouTube is the one who will have a real shot at, uh, against TikTok, I suppose. Um, Mm. because they got all the video creators but uh what um yeah so, so how do you do that how do you uh how many do you make and w- what makes them work so i have final cut pro which is the video program that i think a lot of professional video people mm-hmm. use uh, so I've, just, I've been starting from scratch and learn every week there's something new that comes up and like oh i could do that so yeah mm-hmm. i clip probably seven from an hour mm-hmm. and a half to two hour episode hour episode Mm-hmm. And they're probably no, no more maximum than 30 seconds. And it's subjects that are interesting. So I, I make notes when I edit it, right? So, oh, okay, that, that's pretty cool. That time between 47 minutes and 47 and a half minutes is about that subject. Write that down. Or clip it there yeah. and then. And I just go through that when I edit. Yeah, cool. And then right. You, you're right, TikTok is good for the clips. But YouTube, I think, is, from what I'm reading, is coming up. Yeah. But that is going to come. And Instagram are trying to do that, but they're failing. So yes. they're kind of over there. Mm-hmm. One last question. Where can we find Building Remote in terms of, do you have a website? Yes. Yeah, so you can either go via safebuilding.com or you can go straight to buildingremotely.com. 
Definitely. Yeah. And uh, there are also other things. There's, there's a blog there, similar type of content. Uh, there's events we're hosting around the world, uh, webinars. So uh, there's a whole uh, ecosystem growing up. Uh, so uh, if uh, building remotely is your thing, definitely a website to check in on. That's fantastic. Awesome. I'll pop that in the show notes too, the link. So we're just going to finish the episode. So imagine you're going on a van trip around the US tomorrow. I mm-hmm. want to know what's in your backpack and what's on your device to listen and watch. Lovely. Hey, yeah, just a quick one before we carry on with the travel questions. I just want to say there are many ways to support this podcast. You can buy me a coffee and help support the podcast with $5. Or you can go to my merch store with the affiliate link with Public, where there's plenty of merch available to buy, such as T-shirts, jumpers, hoodies, and also some children's clothing. Thirdly, which is free, you can also rate and review this podcast on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Podchaser, or Good Pods. Also, you can find me on social media on Instagram, Twitter, Facebook, and TikTok. Simply just search for Winging It Travel Podcast, and you'll find me displaying all my social media content for traveling, podcasts, and other stuff. Thank you. It's travel question time. Okay. So three bands or artists on your phone that you'd listen to on your road trip? Three bands or artists that I listen to. Um, so there are like two different moods. Yeah. <laughs> so let me give, I'll, I'll give <laughs> those two moods, three bands from the, those two moods. So one is the, you know, you're on the road thing and yeah. you're just listening to something, you know, that would be Fleetwood Mac, uh, you know, Beatles, David Bowie. Yeah. Right. Okay. So, so that's what that's one mood, uh, and then there's there's uh, a different mood, which is I guess stopping, sitting down, and uh, and 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 working, and and there you will more have. Uh, let me see. Yeah, maybe some some more electronica. Like oh yeah, Lane Eight. If you haven't heard about them, very relaxing. Um, Lane Eight. But they have a futuristic vibe to it. They're not famous. Okay. Uh, Chemical Brothers, maybe that's a bit more. Oh wow! Yeah, energized, but um, yeah, that's that's what comes to mind now. Okay. Mm-hmm. And what about one film they might just need to watch if you're in the passenger seat? One film I need to watch in the passenger seat. So that's like one of those repeats. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. You know, I'm going to mention uh, Groundhog Day there. Okay. I like watching Groundhog Day yeah. for the hundredth time. Yeah, uh, I just love this project of making the perfect day. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. And, and I, I find it, you know, inspiring this project to to do that because you know there is something to it. Like, you know, uh, like days are components of a life, or like it's components of a year. So it's not like they're building towards an end, but it's like it's like a, you repeat something. Groundhog Day is like it's just a great story about all the things that make you do have not a perfect day. It's it's so funny because it's such a deep movie, kind of masquerading as this like early '90s television movie, like mm. on a Wednesday evening. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. What about TV series? TV series, uh, you know, one I lately started watching that I really enjoyed is called Halt and Catch Fire. 
Okay. Uh, it's a story from, it's actually a Silicon Valley based story from the early days of the kind of like 70s, 60s or something, mm. early, early computer days. I think it's based on Compaq, was later bought by HQ's uh, yeah. like founding story. It's uh, it's just a wild show. Like if you do want want high intensity, very like you just want to feel a lot because it's just the plot is so dense and it's just like <laughs> I'm shocked about this television show. So it's a great it's a great show and uh, a lot of people haven't seen it. So definitely check it out. Okay, and what about book that you currently are reading? Currently reading, uh-huh. yeah. Currently reading. Uh, Let's see, listening to accounts, right? Yeah. So I have uh, three books currently. They're all like workish related, not fun. Mm-hmm. Uh, so one is a short book called The Great CEO Within, which is just a management book, but it's written in 2018. That's great. Okay. Like, I was, it, th- what that book does, it's not like the other ones at all. It kind of summarizes like clever tools, mm-hmm. like story box what is it or get the getting things done framework what is it it, it and it summarizes it so you don't have to read all those other books and it's really short oh wow definitely strong recommend uh reading stillness is the key Stillness is the That's, key yeah i read that yeah on holiday yeah very nice book you know trying to get this interior silence thing going <laughs> yeah it's tough right um reading talent uh by telecon and dylan gross that's a book about hiring Okay. Which I do a lot. Yeah. Um, it's really, really good. Has a lot of, uh, you know, which questions to ask, a lot of good uh, insights on how to do it right. Yeah. Um, and then lastly, the Scout Mindset. Gosh, reading too many books at the same time. <laughs> uh, the Scout Mindset by Julia Galef. That's, um, that, that was a really nice one that I'm almost done with that I finished very quickly, uh, which is, uh, it's, it's a mindset they have she has this like divide it's like soldier mindset it's like when you're trying to win mm. or, like you're a soldier in a, uh, and then scout mindset is like you're trying to figure out what's going on and right. uh, and she's kind of arguing for the scout mindset and i thought it was fantastic very useful very applicable uh, and definitely mm-hmm. some new insights i haven't seen anywhere else cool i love recommendations of books that's great you got four so that's, that's fantastic uh, <laughs> what about podcasts that you might listen to that Okay. Yeah. Yes. Uh, so podcasts I might listen to include, um, it's one podcast that has really come up in the kind of Bay Area ecosystem lately is there's something called the All In Podcast. Oh. It's these like, older guys, but it's like a couple of investors. And yeah. they just like discuss current, current affairs and various stuff. Like they're kind of four people who are in the startup world. Yeah. But uh, yeah, it's pretty interesting as a way, like instead of reading the news, <laughs> like yeah. like hearing who, who them, reads it these days you read the news yeah, yeah. but if you want to instead yeah, but you, if you do want to learn like what's going on I, I find the all-in podcast interesting um well news podcasts are number one right they're number one podcast subject yeah exactly yeah, as a genre there's a reason for that conversations with tyler as this economist person just has interesting conversation the realignment another kind of tech between mm. tech and society thing here this idea that's just like a curiosity thing it's just like yeah. here you hear this idea here's a weird idea for <laughs> <And then laughs> that idea that's funny um yeah okay one you said one again i keep giving you more <laughs> no that's fine i love recommendations okay i'm gonna switch very quickly now to just like in your backpack 
What's the one piece of clothing that you'd have to pack? I think it will have to be my signature squarey pants. <laughs> okay. And <laughs> what about one snack that you might just put in the backpack just at rainy day where you just need something? You know, there is this uh, magnificent uh, Polish uh, candy, uh, which is this it's a, it's a type of caramel, I suppose, but it's mm. just so uh, delicious. It's not like slimy, like regular caramel. It yeah. kind of crushes a bit. It's fantastic. Uh, sweet. Okay. And this is now the question. One must have item. So I'm not going to let you have phone because it's a given. Mm-hmm. I think even laptop might have to be ruled out because most people carry a laptop or, or iPad normally, right? Yeah. So mm-hmm. other than those two, what is yeah. going must have? Uh, I'll, I'll do uh, I'll do a surprising one then. So I have yeah. this thing here, which is... Oh, oh okay. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> uh, What's that even called? Just a light? Push back to light. I... Uh, was recommended uh, by someone and I tried it and I was like, this totally works. So you get up in the morning, yeah. work, turn on the light, your mood rises three notches every day. Well, Dr. Huberman, I don't even know him. Mm-hmm. He, he yes. advocates sunlight early doors when you wake up. Like he said, mm-hmm. the benefits are incredible. Exactly. So that's what it is, of course. That's a, yeah. it's a sunlight uh, thing. And uh, yeah, I, I do listen to the Huberman podcast as well. Oh, yeah, yeah. It's, it's starting to be one of my favorites, actually. He's really cool. Okay, a couple of more questions in this feature is one item that might remind you of Norway. Do you have anything that you'd take? From Norway? Yeah. I, I put home, but I'm actually more interested than anything from Norway because obviously you, you, you work remotely. But is there anything just in there, just from the early days that reminds you of, of home originally? Yeah, I mean, uh, there are a couple of things around my room right now. So uh, in front of me is a Norwegian flag. Exactly. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. yeah. Uh, on the on the wall over there, you can't fully see it, but that's uh, an old uh, picture from a fjord in there where I grew up, Hardanger. No, I mean, uh, Norway is still like, you know, it's one of the best places on earth, uh, both to oh, visit yeah. and to live. So it's yeah. uh, beautiful, very dramatic topography. Yeah, with the mountains and the and the fjords, and uh, of course, it's a very you know innocent place. It's like the Shire, like in the world. I think Norway is the closest you would get to the Shire. Like it's just like away from everything. It is, yeah, yeah. That or New Zealand, I think. And New Zealand, yeah. yeah. Those are the two options, definitely. Um, yeah. Away from everything, quiet, peaceful. The conversations when you're in Norway, it's its own language, right? So it's like yeah. it's not, and uh, everything is so nice and easy there <laughs> i've never been shamefully yeah. so it's on my list don't worry yeah but it's always routinely ranked in the top three right in the world to go to so or top five um, it's always yeah. up there oh yeah no definitely worth going you know flying to oslo take the train over to bergen yeah uh, and then you can use bergen as a hub to like see uh, fjords and mountains but the the train trip itself is is magnificent if you stop at finsa you can drive uh, bikes down and go back on the train. That's an amazing thing. It's like oh, it's, wow. the, the train goes over the mountains and has big windows. So it's fantastic. Mm. Dreaming. So that's a little, little tra- travel trip tip right there. Yep, love that. Okay. And this feature I always put in there. I don't know if, if you're into your sports, but would you have a sporting top in your backpack? I was a big fan when I was uh, young about, you know, just English football, but I knew like every stadium and they're attending yeah. uh, for reasons really into stadiums 
but no, like lately, you know, the only sport I have, you know, it's in the corner over there. Uh, it's my uh, COVID uh, take up, uh, my bow and arrow. So <laughs> right. that's what I do. <laughs> yeah. Okay. Obviously, obviously, one of the best footballers in the world is Norwegian now, right? Erling Haaland. So that's right. Yeah, he's making waves in uh, mm. back home in UK. So I'd actually write them down. They're more of a surprise. So they're going to be your favorite things that you've experienced worldwide. I'm going to kick off with three favorite countries that you've been to. Aha. So my three favorite countries that I've been to would be Cuba, Ghana, and Iceland are interesting places. So yeah. Iceland, uh, just cool scenery. Yeah. Go there, stay for a few days. It looks kind of dull, but you have this like blue lagoon and then you got to get out of the city and like up into like the weird nature stuff. Get a car. Yeah. Fantastic. Yeah. Ghana, that's just like you want to experience like West, like Africa, Africa, but in the uh, safe, pleasant way. Mm -hmm. And lastly, Cuba, that's just a weird place. That's <laughs> um, it's a beautiful topography. People are like really educated and know about stuff. But of course they have this like, communism thing going mm. uh, it's like perpetual revolution uh but then there's also this like super lively like latin american thing happening where people are like dancing in the streets and stuff um no i really love cuba it's been packed several times awesome okay thanks to tuning in for that episode today unfortunately we ran out of time to complete the quickfire travel questions at the end but sandre has emailed them to me with some answers and some pretty cool answers here to the questions so i'm going to read them out to you and so you can hear what they are and analyze for yourself what you think okay so i asked him what three countries that you've not been to are on your hit list and he said india indonesia and thailand three great countries next what is the purpose of travel his answer is to explore both the world and yourself very, very true. Next question. If you could live in one country for one year that you've not lived in before, where would you live? Australia. The dream, of course. If you could pick any city in the world to drink coffee and watch the world go by, where would this be? Sandre has chosen Singapore. Quite hot though, wouldn't it? Cool. A lot of people drink coffee in aircon there, but that'd be quite interesting to drink outside actually and watch the the traffic and stuff. Yeah, I like that. Next question. What is the beach that's been the best that you've been to? He said, when there is no seaweed. Yeah, there's always a, always a bark in it. And the weather is nice. Yep, true caveat there. The beach by the Natural Reserve in Tulum in Mexico. What is the best road trip you've ever been on? And the answer here is, this is pretty cool. Driving through Central Europe with my co-founder and spouses looking at castles for sale. Don't think I had that answer before. <laughs> Next question. What is your favourite walk or trek? And I'm not sure I'm going to pronounce this very well. Going to give it a go. Jotunheimen, which is a great trek in Norway where you can walk for free from cabin to cabin. What is your favourite landmark? Can be man-made or nature. Golden Gate Bridge in LA. Yeah, get there, walk across it. Brilliant views. And lastly... What words of wisdom and advice would you give someone to inspire them to travel? And the simple answer here is it makes you more alive, which I truly and always agree with. So there you quick quickfire travel questions at the end. Thanks for tuning in there. A lot of lessons learned for this episode. So 
Um, got some things to take away from that, especially if you're in that space of want to travel but also work on the road as well. So some good nuggets in there. Hopefully take some away, implement them into your own life. And I'll catch you as always next Monday. Cheers. Awesome. Okay, cheers, Sanjay. Appreciate it. Thank you for listening to my Winging It Travel podcast episode today. You can find me on Instagram at James Hammond Travel or Winging It Travel podcast. You can search for both. I release weekly clips of this podcast episode as well as photos from the last eight to ten years of my travels. You can also follow me on TikTok, Facebook and Pinterest by searching Winging It Travel podcast. I do release daily content to do with travel and the podcast throughout the week. Also check out my website, jameshammond.org. There's content about myself, my travels, and there's also a newsletter sign up as well as a contact form. Finally, please rate and review the podcast on Podchaser. This is my platform of choice. Alternatively, you can rate this on Apple or wherever you get your podcasts from. This really helps the podcast gain a bit of traction for the future in terms of guests and content. And I'm glad to see that you guys are listening out there, reviewing it and enjoying the content so far. Stay safe, stay humble, keep listening, keep traveling and I'll catch you soon. Cheers, James.